Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. Well, hello, everybody. We are so excited that you have joined us for our 11th episode. Am I right? Is this 11? Yes, 11? season three, episode season 11. Season three, episode 11. Who would have thunk it, right? Here we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this is Dina, and I am hosting. Dawn has the big story tonight. Hello. Um, there she is. I'm going to give out our little tech disclaimer and all our little housework stuff that we've got to do before we get to the good stuff. Tell you that our social media links are Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Patreon, which we have a new patron. She's a hate. And her name is, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Corrine? No. Corinne. Corinne. Corinne Hughes. I even like phonetically spelled it out on my paper and then went, (laughs) how do you say that? (laughs) That's right. Thank you, Corinne. Hey, people call me Dinah my entire life. So I feel (laughs) you. I'm sorry. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Corinne. Mm -mm, That's still wrong, right? No, that's right. That's right. Corinne. Okay. Gosh. It's been a long day. It has. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for your support. We super appreciate it. Any of the rest of you that want to go and give us a little love in the form of some dollars, we will get you some special treats and some little special stuff you get along the way. And you get to say that you're a haint or a hooch or a, what's the other one? I don't know. We only have Hanks right now. And let me just say, Hanks get um, early episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Because you know, you can't wait to listen to us ramble. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, tech disclaimer. Here you go. Sorry for cats, dogs. Also tell you that we release our episodes on the 1st and 15th of each month. When you go to all those different platforms that you can listen to us on, please make sure you subscribe and you give us all the stars you can. That's usually five. Our website is ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. And I do have a couple of uh, shout outs before we get uh, get going here. Uh, Melissa um, contacted us from, um, she's from Iowa and she contacted us on Facebook messenger and she is kin to some of the folks down here in Forsyth and Ozarks was telling us about a book by Chris Meadows, which I don't have pulled up now, so I can't tell you what it is, but she was telling us that we might want to, um, read that, that it had some good stuff in it. Um, she was excited that she had found us and that she and her daughter were getting ready to come down to Branson for a little bit of a spring break. And she had uh, downloaded a bunch of our podcasts to listen to on her way down from Iowa. So hope well. you enjoy it. And thank you. Thank you for reaching out to us. We really do like to hear that mm-hmm. we're doing something that people enjoy because we okay. enjoy it. I'm going to probably say something that's really not true. 
But yes. I believe Chris Meadows is Hal's yes. uncle. I know, related somehow because Matt Meadows, who used to play young Matt, is also maybe Chris's son. I don't nephew. They, I'm I not bet sure. Hal and Chris are brothers. I betcha. Okay. And they're all they're all related somehow. And my husband used to work with Matt in the show. And Hal, I knew. I mean, yeah. I didn't work Mom, with him, but right. I knew him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, thank you, Melissa. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a good time in Branson. Really here, it's kind of crazy right now. So I hope I hope you found the non-crazy part of Branson while you were here. Also, um, on Reddit, um, Max Whiff said that they love Haynes and Hooch Day. And we love Yay. that they love Haynes and Hooch Day. We love Haynes yeah. and Hooch Day too. Yeah. Um, so so that's it. Hey, I think can that's I? House game. Yep. Can I add something that I didn't say to you before we started recording? So I looked at the stats um, not long ago, and we have a listener in Ireland. We have two listeners in Australia. Wow. And we have come stay with you. I know, no kidding. Or Ireland. And we have a listener. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. We have a listener in the Czech Republic. Wow. I know. Wow. International, Dina. We're international. We are. We are international <laughs> superstars. That's what yeah. we are. In our mm-hmm. own minds. <laughs> that's right. And that's all that matters, really. Right. Really. All right. I'm going to go ahead with uh, with our drink. Um, mm-hmm. So we have for you to this evening, the Bloody Tooth Cocktail. And as you know, that's going to tie into Don's story. Oh, and look, it's from Martha Stewart. It's a Halloween, it's a Halloween cocktail, but it um, ties into what Dawn's going to talk about perfectly. Mm -hmm. So you take a simple syrup, which if you don't know by now is a cup of sugar and a cup of water. You boil it, then you let it cool down and then you have your simple syrup. And you add to a shaker glass, um, one and a half ounces of whiskey, I know. Why do I keep doing this to myself? It's great. I don't like it. One and a half ounces of pomegranate juice, uh, ounce of simple syrup, half ounce of fresh lemon juice, the pomegranate seeds, and uh, lemon twist. Both of those two things for garnish. So um, you do not, so let me backtrack. You do not add the seeds or the lemon twist, just the liquids and ice, right? Shake that up in your shaker glass. Then you put it in whatever kind of glass you want. I put it in a mason jar because of what Dawn's story is. I thought it was themed. Yes, very. it was more than mine for sure. So then you put that in there and then you put the pomegranate seeds in the bottom of the glass. And I'd put a lemon twist in there, but it's such a dark red color. You really can't touch tell um it mm-hmm. tastes like whiskey it's sweet whiskey it's fine but it's not my favorite um and on this episode of how to drink when you're on keto let me tell you what i did oh yeah uh, okay pomegranate juice is you know any kind of fruit juice i just can't have so crystal light makes a pomegranate thing that you put in water mm. so i used that 
I was just going to go ahead and get the pomegranate and um, and put the seeds in it, but you can't find those anywhere, obviously, because I couldn't find them in Missouri and Don couldn't find them in South Carolina. So, well, they're, I think they, they, uh, their season is like the fall and winter because you always find them around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Christmas. Cause I have a great salad with it in it, but yeah. yeah, you cannot find it. And let me tell you also that a little teeny tiny bottle of palm juice is $6 at country mark. Yeah. So I opted mm-hmm. for the, uh, yeah, for the crystal like, uh, drink packet. Um, I had already made my simple syrup from some keto friendly, uh, sugar substitute. And then I used dried blueberries in the bottom instead the of, bottom. yeah. And I mean, it looks like dirty teeth or rotten teeth, I guess. <laughs> well, so we should tell them Riley, I hope will put up a picture of the, what the drink's supposed to look like, but those pomegranate seeds do look like teeth in the bottom of the glass. Yeah. It's really gross. Yeah. Yeah. So but anyway, I didn't that's have it. It's, it's fine. You know, it's not my whiskey's not my thing. I told Dawn, she's going to have to pick something that I like because we've had whiskey twice <laughs> in a row now. I liked it okay, but you know, sweet fruity isn't my thing. So um, it was fine. It's not awful. It's not like I'll never, I probably won't ever make it again. Yeah. So, but it's good. I mean, for people that like fruity whiskey, there you go. Yeah. Whiskey in general, just not my favorite, but I was the one who did it this time. So I can't even complain. You were. All right. That's it. I appreciate it. So. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Don talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so, I'm gonna talk a lot, actually. So this okay. is a huge topic. And let me just first say a uh, justification here. I could have done a better job because there is so much information. There's so much information. But right now, like the rest of my family, I am uh, who do theater. Uh, I am now, I'm right now in two different shows and I've been rehearsing. And so I think I remembered yesterday that, oh my God, I had to do this. And um, so anyway, I feel like I could have done a better job, but honestly, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, this is the one to go down. So this is, I'm going to do the story of the Bloody Bender family which they were in the little tiny southeast corner of Kansas that was in the Ozarks. So um, I'm glad that it was in Kansas. We don't do often much from there because there's so little of it, you know, considered to be the Ozarks. Um, I got what? I was just going to say, I was going to interject. For you supernatural fans out there in podcast world, um, Theater and I were huge supernatural fans. Like mm-hmm. we love Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Jensen Ackles. No, it was really almost a little. Obs- it was almost obsessive. Uh, it it is yeah it it is it is still a little bit obsessive. Um, anyway, they did an episode called The Benders, and so it was based I on. Already, it. I well. 
I think well, listen to the story took the story and then made their own story so if you all have ever seen that episode it was the one where sam got here let me recap for you it's the one where sam oh my god (laughs) and dean had to save him because there's a family hunting people there you go and now you're still way to spoil it not really Uh, so I got, uh, here are some of the websites. I just kind of finally had to quit because there's so much, there's been books written and TV shows and all that stuff. But Wikipedia, of course, there's a website called gothicwestern.com. Uh, Sin Writes True History School. That's a WordPress. There's a website called grunge.com. And even the Smithsonian Magazine's online site had an article about it. And then uh, I'm going to put up a map um, of where this place was. And I found that on murderpedia.com, which is cool. And I'm going to have to really look at that website more. So the Bender family, more popularly known as the Bloody Benders, hence the cocktail, were a family of serial killers who lived and operated in Labette County, Kansas from May 1871 to December 1872. The family consisted of John Bender and his wife, Elvira, their son, John Jr., and their daughter, Kate. So, Um, early on, everybody thought that John Jr. and Kate were siblings, but there may be some um, evidence that um, they were actually a couple, possibly in a common law marriage. Nobody really knows. While there's no definitive number, uh, estimates report that the Benders killed at least a dozen travelers before their crimes were discovered. Some people... um, cite that source or that number as being uh, more than 21. Um, there's a lot of folklore and legend that surrounds the Benders, and it's really hard kind of to separate fact from fiction. Um, and, and you'll see why in a minute. <clears throat> so I'll do a little history. I'll talk about the murders, and then I'll talk about the after um, effects of them. Of them. So the Benders settled in October 1870 in a 160-acre plot of land that faced the Osage Trail in Labette County, Oklahoma, as part of the Homestead Act of 1862. So that little tiny part of Kansas was originally part of Oklahoma. So if, don't let that confuse you. But um, they lived in a one-room shack on the road outside current Cherry Vale, Kansas. So you can look that up on Google. Um, they operated an inn, uh, with, in quotation marks, offering food, groceries, and a place to camp to folks traveling west. A curtain was used to split the single room of the cabin to create an area for a general store, kitchen, and dining area, and then their sleeping areas in the back. They would sell dry goods to travelers as well as serve meals and offer somewhere to stay for the night. The home became known as the Bender Inn. Um, The family, and this is why it's a lot of fact and fiction confused, 
The family were thought to be German immigrants as the first to arrive at the homestead were John Bender Sr. and John Bender Jr. and both of them reportedly had accents. John Sr. was approximately 60 years old, had a thicker accent and spoke broken English while John Jr., approximately 25 years old, spoke English fairly well, had less of an accent. So the, those two men built the cabin and a barn and the women uh, arrived in 1871. Elvira or Ma Bender, John Sr.'s wife, was estimated to be about 55 years old and like her husband, spoke broken English and was apparently rather unpleasant because <laughs> she earned the nickname She-Devil. <laughs> oh. that's, that's what I want to be. Um, <laughs> you don't want to do what they did, though. No, but She-Devil's a great nickname. I'm sure I have it in some circles. Um, so the daughter, however, was the interesting one, Kate Bender, approximately 23 years old. And she actually brought people to the property. Um, I'm going to put a picture of her up in the extras, but she was uh, really pretty and reportedly a talented psychic. She spoke fluent English and worked as a healer, though she was self-proclaimed and not trained. So it was, um, it was uh, woo-woo healing, inner, you know, psychic healing mm -hmm. in other words yeah um and so for y'all that don't know um the 19th century is my favorite time period um in american entertainment because spiritualism was very popular at that time it kind of came out of the romantic movement that was um pervasive in the united states and europe um and so she would do seminars about spiritualism at the home this is great. She advocated for free love, 1871, which was part of the major draw to her and the family. The family even took out an ad in Kansas papers, which I'm also going to put in the extras, touting, quote, Professor Miss Kate Bender can heal disease, cure blindness, fits, and deafness. Residents 14 miles east of Independence on the road to Osage Mission. Um, that was from June 18th, 1872. Okay. So the first body was found in May, 1871. Uh, it was the body of a man with his skull crushed and his throat slashed. And the body was found in Dr Drum Creek, which the Bender home was not far, just Northwest of the location of the body. More remains were recovered in February of 1872, two more men with their skulls crushed and throats slashed, and this is in Drum Creek. It didn't take long for the disappearances of travelers on the Osage Trail to come to the attention of others, and soon the trail was being avoided whenever possible by those looking to pass through the area. So, uh, the beginning of the end for the Bender family came when um, a man named Dr. William Henry York was alerted to the discovery of the horses and carriage he lent to a neighbor who was moving from Kansas to Iowa. The neighbor in question was a man named George Newton Longcore, 
L-O-N-G-C-O-R, who was moving to Iowa with his 18-month-old daughter, Marianne, after the death of his wife. It appeared um, when uh, rumors started circulating and they never made it to Iowa that they had not even made it out of Kansas as the horses and carriage were found near Fort Scott. In the spring of 1873, Dr. York began his search for the long course. At Fort Scott, he was able to positively identify his own horses and carriage, the ones he lent to the long course, as well as clothing and other items that he knew belonged to them. On March 9th, 1873, Dr. York left his home in, in left for his home, I'm sorry, in Independence, Kansas. But unfortunately, he made the fatal mistake on his way home of stopping at the Bender Inn. His friends were sure he would not have disappeared and were certain he must have fallen afoul of some bad folk. Unfortunately for the Benders, so Dr. York disappears. Uh, He was from a prominent family and his brothers, Colonel Ed York and Alexander M. York of the Kansas State Senate, quickly organized a search when they learned their brother was missing. The search party, which consisted of 75 men, were able to track Dr. York to the Bender End in March of 1873. The Benders were there and denied ever having met Dr. York and suggested that he may have met with danger near Drum Creek where previous victims had been found. This is gonna prove to be really smart on their part. Um, John Jr. even claimed that he had been shot at down in the creek around the time of Dr. York's disappearance. With no evidence to prove that the Benders were involved, the York brothers left the inn. However, Colonel York found some evidence that led him back to the Bender Inn in the form of a woman who had escaped the inn and the Benders. Reportedly, Elvira had threatened the woman with pistols and knives while she was staying there, and the woman had fled the inn. When confronted with this information on April 3rd, Elvira pretended that she didn't understand English before she began to yell about the woman cursing her coffee. I don't don't really know. I guess the woman, the, the argument they got into was over her coffee. Elvira was quick to kick Colonel York and his men out, but she'd made a grave mistake. They now knew she spoke English and that she lied about it. So she said she didn't speak English, but then she started yelling and she spoke English. So not all that smart. Oopsie. Um, yeah. The communities surrounding the Osage Trail began to grow suspicious that the area was where those responsible for the disappearances were. A public meeting was called in the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse where the community agreed to get search warrants for the properties between Drum Creek and Big Hill Creek, which is where the homestead is. Um, It didn't take long for the Bender Inn to come under scrutiny, but not from the search warrants. Just a few days later, it came to the attention of the Bender's neighbors that their farm animals were all dead or starving. I mean, this is several weeks after the York party. And it became obvious after some investigation that the farm had been abandoned. 
Officer Leroy Dick discovered a disturbing odor coming from a trap door under the bed in the cabin that was strangely nailed shut. He sent out a call for a search party and soon enough, hundreds of locals arrived ready to search the Bender Inn with pickaxes and shovels. Um, there are some reports that claim that the Benders took off right after Colonel York and his men left which sounds right because um, it, there were several weeks between that and this neighbor search. And so that would be enough time for the animals to starve. You know, it talks, mm -hmm. several articles talk about that they were almost dead. When several neighbors entered the Bender Inn to investigate, they noticed an unusual odor that seemed to be emanating from a trap door in the floor. Well, the smell was actually coming from clotted blood that had seeped through the floor and trap door into the soil under the house. No bodies were discovered under the house. So the search expanded to the land. Elvira and Kate had had a vegetable garden and that was where Dr. York's remains were found. And I've got a picture of the holes that they dug too that I'll put up. But 10 bodies were found in the garden and the well, all killed in the same manner. They were nude, their heads were crushed, likely with a hammer, and their throats had been slashed. The 11th victim, who was estimated to be about seven years old, did not appear to have any injuries and was found fully clothed. Authorities believe the child was buried alive inside her father's grave, which is awful. Unfortunately, 18-month-old Marianne was also found and had been buried alive. Several victims, besides being like having their skulls crushed and their throats slashed, they had also been mutilated um, in a manner that suggested possible genital mutilation, which is awful. Yeah, so yeah. thanks to the survivors of the Bender Inn, we believe we, or it is believed, we know that, oh my God. Okay, I'm starting over. All right. Thanks to the survivors of the Bender End, it's believed that they know how the murders were committed. When guests were at the end, they would be given the seat of honor at the table and the seat of honor set them with their back right against the curtain that separated the front room from the living area and right over the trap door. Um, while the guest was distracted, one of the men would hit them over the head and the women would slash their throats. After the victim died, they'd be dropped through the trap door before they were stripped and buried or dismembered. Um, and there were, some people say they thought they were stripped um, so that they could get whatever valuables they had on them. Uh -huh. Um, bullet holes found in the cabin suggested that some victims tried to fight back. According to the Salina Journal, authorities were able to piece together the Bender's modus operandi based on the evidence found at the scene. And that's how um, the, you know, they would position the victim against the curtain and then the men would hit them over the head and the women would slash their throats and they'd end up in the trap door. Um, 
After removing anything of value from the dead, the benders waited until nightfall and buried the bodies on their property. The way the benders chose the victims seemed indiscriminate. Um, and some people suggest that they maybe weren't after valuables, but maybe just got a thrill from killing. But other accounts don't find any valuables on the body. I mean, the bodies are naked. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, A Bible was found in the cabin with notes in German that named John Jr. as one John Gebhardt. The combination of reports from the Bender's neighbors and the notes in the Bible led to the theory that John Jr. and Kate were not siblings, but actually a couple. And it's now believed that only Elvira and Kate were actually related. Um, Elvira was from the Adirondack Mountains. She was born Almira Mark. She had multiple children and husbands who some say died of head injuries. John Sr. was probably actually a man named John Flickinger. That's F-L-I-C-K-I-N-G-E-R, who immigrated from either Germany or the Netherlands. And Kate was probably actually Eliza Griffith, Eliza's, or I'm sorry, Elvira's fifth child. So Kate and Eliza, I mean, Elvira, and then John Jr. and John Sr. are not even related. In the aftermath of the Bender family running, people who knew them were put in danger by those who wanted vengeance for the many deaths that occurred in the end. Let me back up a minute and then I'll get to this. But um, I thought it was interesting that they actually probably killed people and dumped them in the creek to take the suspicion off of what they were doing in the actual cabin, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, okay, Uh, the aftermath of the Bender family running. People who knew them were put in danger by those who wanted vengeance. A local grocer who had worked with John Sr. and was also a German immigrant was taken by a group of locals from his grocery store and brought into the woods. There, the group tried to force him to tell them what he knew, but he actually knew nothing. So they hanged him nearly to death before reviving him to question him again. This continued, you know, hanging him, reviving him, hanging him until they were satisfied that he really didn't know anything and they left him nearly unconscious in the woods. He did manage to recover. Senator York, remember uh, Dr. York's brother, and Kansas Governor Thomas A. Osborne offered a reward for the apprehension of the Bender family. While they were able to track wagon tracks from the house to where the horses were abandoned, about 12 miles from the Bender End, um, near Fort Scott, I assume. Officially, no one from the family was ever seen again. However, rumors and speculation abound. One detective claimed he had followed John Jr. down to the border of Mexico and said he had died. Another rumor spread that John Jr. and Kate had gone to an outlaw colony near the Texas-New Mexico border traveling by railroad. Um, Women traveling in pairs were frequently accused of being Elvira and Kate, 
And there were several vigilante groups that claimed without proof that they had managed to capture and kill the Bender family. So that's terrifying. <laughs> They're just oh. indiscriminately killing people. Yeah, um, in, the eight, in the 1880s, an elderly man was arrested for a murder that was committed with a hammer. He reportedly fit the description of John Sr., but died after attempting to escape by cutting his own foot off while they oh. waited for information to arrive from Kansas. Uh, he died, and uh, by the time the people got there, he was too decomposed for an identification to be made. Oh. In Michigan, a mother named Elvira was arrested with her daughter, Sarah Elizabeth, in 1889 for larceny and accused of being Elvira and Kate. But the committee from Labette County was not able to confidently identify them and they were released. So the upshot to all this is the Benders got away with it. They were never caught, never punished. 12 other men were charged as accessories for redistributing items stolen from the victims. Interesting. But that could have just been sold, you know. I mean, uh -huh. I don't know. To this day, no one knows where they went after they disappeared. No evidence has been found. It's unlikely that there will ever be an answer to where they went. Today, the tract of land holds no visible signs of the farm's history. The Bender's cabin was demolished long ago, and the precise location of the home and its garden are not known. But morbid mementos of the crime may still linger beneath the surface of the land. Um, so the map that you're going to see on the extras is, is actually Murderpedia's best guess. So again, though most accounts place the number of victims at around a dozen, some believe the Benders killed as many as 21 people. Somehow. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's so many mysteries in this story, not just where the Benders went and how many they killed, but also who they were, you know? Yeah. So... That is the story of the Bloody Benders. It's very cool. You know, it makes me wonder if, like, the, um, oh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if they pulled some of their information or, you know, some of their storyline from stuff like that. Oh. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a chainsaw, but it just yeah. makes me wonder. And I was reading somewhere, um, the cabin in the woods had a family that was have you ever seen that movie that's uh -huh. called cabin mm -hmm. in the woods um there's a family the one of the main antagonist family it's a family and that it is um kind of based on the, the benders too well you know i mean how crazy must they have been to you know, to do that. And I mean, yeah. that's like, yuck, yuck. I was just looking up, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually after a summer in Austin, Texas in 1973, uh, a deranged man attacked five young men. So that's what that's off of. But yeah, you do read about 
um, families all the time or, and you, mm-hmm. what, there was even kind of a hillbilly, um, X-Files. Remember that one? That was the most disturbing one of the, all of them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. maybe. Yes, maybe. Where the mom, the mother lived under the bed. Oh, it's awful. But I, I mean, God, they must have really been crazy to murder that many people in such a bloody manner. And then they had to live there if it stunk, you know? Yeah. It's gross. Well, people crazy people didn't care if it smelled bad right i guess not i guess not so there you you. have it ladies and gentlemen yeah 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 (laughs) i know Uh, and i looked up i looked up um you know okay so is there any hauntings around there and i couldn't find anything and maybe that's because they were not really sure exactly where it is where it was at or what happened i just think it's crazy that nobody that they got away with it yeah and that they we cannot include this on our summer tour of terror i'm not sure i don't what if they're still alive what if they still have people that are still alive well like they have to have you know like grandchildren yeah but they probably don't know what their grandparents did well exactly i mean if people don't really even know who they were they probably have you know they wouldn't have like done genealogy or whatever so yeah i don't know if anybody out there does 23 and me and you find out that you're related to him there you know <laughs> sorry sorry watch yourself is what i'd say <laughs> yeah so, I mean, yeah feel bad for you yeah all right well that was good dawn thank Thanks. you you're welcome. That was awesome. And thank everybody else for listening to us, for tuning in. Um, I'm going to go through all the, the big old spiel again that we are mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget that we have a Patreon now. And if you want to send us a little love, we will take it with open hearts. We yes. appreciate it. It'd be great. Leave us all the stars when you go up and subscribe on all those different platforms and, and comments that, leave yes, us comments yeah. we like that we will we try really hard to get back to you like mm-hmm. by that that day sometimes it's immediate it just depends on what's going on in our day right but we release on the first and the 15th and i think that's it so we'll say goodbye bye and remember if you liked it tell all your friends but if you didn't Keep your big mouth shut.